Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Uh, well, hey, Freedom Church, I hope you're doing okay. Uh, it's good to be together talking about this, this topic of stand. What does it mean to stand as followers of Christ? And using the story of Daniel uh, from the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And it's been a good series, I think, so far. I mean, I, I could still ruin it now. That's still possible, but so far, so good. And uh, we're so pleased at what we've been learning through this story. So many great stories from the book of Daniel. And with the first week, Daniel chapter one, we talked about standing out for our faith, that Daniel, who was taken away from his homeland, remember, as a teenager, he was removed uh, by an enemy. Um, they came along, the people of Babylon, and they took him from his homeland. They ripped up the temple in Jerusalem. They took away all the artifacts and all the holy elements and the goblets and all kinds of things. They took him away and they, they trained him into becoming part of the Babylonian Empire, the culture of the day. And, uh, and he had to be brave. Daniel had to be brave in saying no and standing out for his faith. We then talk about standing firm in faithful obedience. And standing firm in faithful obedience. We talk about the fiery furnace and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And now they said no when the kings, everyone had to bow down to his idol. We talk about standing up for what is right. Even if we have to confront awkward and difficult situations, how do we stand up for what is right? And then last time we looked at the classic story of Daniel in the lion's den. And how do you stand strong in the face of difficulties? Where Daniel was challenged about not praying to his God, he threw those windows open three times a day and prayed to the, so he was in the, in the view of everyone and prayed to his God. That's how important it was to him. And we're learning so much from this person of Daniel. And do get your Bibles out. And we're going to be from Daniel chapter five today in your Bibles. And today it starts in a party. And I, I don't know if you've got a party story. You, you probably have not been to a party for some time, but everyone has a party story. Whether they're going to tell anyone their party story, I don't know, because when people get together and the music is playing and the people are crowding in and you're having a good time and the drink is flowing and you maybe someone says something, someone done something, everyone's dressed up and looking fantastic and there's things that happen at parties and they often make great party stories. Well, whether you want to tell your story or not, the story I'm going to tell you today is probably the most outrageous party story. It's going to better all your party stories. I don't think this happens most days. So, so to give you a little bit of context, there is uh, King Belshazzar. He's the new king of Babylon. He's taken over from Nebuchadnezzar. And King Belshazzar is having a party like no other party. He is having, he's got a thousand guests rammed in. I mean, there's just an image right there. They've got a thousand guests, they're rammed in, they're having a great party and the, the wine is flowing and they're having a good time. And when Belshazzar has this idea, I know he said, let's go and get from storage all the special goblets, the cups from the Israelite uh, temple, from the temple that my forefather Nebuchadnezzar ransacked from the people of Israel. Let's get those cups and fill them with wine. And they got these golden goblets from the, uh, the Jewish temple and they raised a glass and they raised a glass. If you read from verse uh, four in Daniel chapter five, it says these words, while they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze and wood and stone, iron, wood and stone. They are using the cups that were made to worship the God of Israel and they use them to worship other gods. I mean, how outrageous was that? Suddenly, 
At this point, God is mad. And suddenly they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's um, palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote and the face, his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear and his legs gave way beneath him. I mean, that's a moment at a party no one's going to forget. The music stops. It goes deathly silent. We've just seen a huge human hand, a bit like, you know, the guy, the big hand you see in the National Lottery. It could be you type of thing. And it's drawing, writing on the wall. And at that moment, it says, Belshazzar the king, one moment raising his glass and toasting uh, other gods, he suddenly goes pale. And the description there, his knees are knocking together in fear. One of the things I want to say to us today is that God is always speaking. God is always speaking. I'm not sure what was going on with Belshazzar. Maybe God had been trying to get Belshazzar's attention. Maybe he's trying to speak to him through the beautiful creation. Maybe he's trying to speak to him through the words of scripture. Maybe he's been trying to speak to him through the prophets of the day, but he wasn't getting through. Maybe he tried to dream like he did with his uh, forefather, Nebuchadnezzar but he couldn't get any answer through from Belshazzar. So what does he do? He gets a hand to appear in front of a thousand people and writes on the wall of this great banqueting hall. And there's this moment where suddenly God is trying to speak and God is always speaking. The question I've got for us today is whether we are listening. Are you listening out for what God is saying? God is speaking all the time. And you might think, I can't hear God. God is all around us. Whether that is when you're walking and you're experiencing beautiful creation, the, the autumn leaves, or whether you're looking up at the sky and you're seeing the sun as it rises into the sky, or just breathing fresh air. God is around you. He is speaking, speaking through uh, the word of God, the Bible. He is speaking through other people. He is speaking all the time. God is talking. Are you listening? Are you listening to what God is saying? God is always speaking. Often it's a quiet voice. It's a, it's a still small voice, the Bible says. And sometimes it requires us to quieten ourselves, to go quiet and to listen to what he might say. Last week, I was driving along in my car with my daughter on the way back from a school run. And uh, we were just talking, we were chatting and, and I, we were laughing about something. I said, you know what? I said, I said, one day I'll be really good at this dad stuff. I'm still just learning it. I mean, I've been a dad for 21 years and I'm still kind of working out how it all goes together. And uh, she said to me, it's okay, dad. She said, you do pretty good at this dad stuff, she said. You just need to work out the listening thing. And I just, <laughs> at that moment, I thought, so true. If only I could be better at listening, not just to my children, but listening. I said to someone this week, listening is like a superpower, the ability to listen well and to hear well, to hear what's going on in someone else. They try to speak to you and not get distracted by mobile phones or other things going on around us. God is speaking. Are you listening? Are you listening? So in this story of Belshazzar, you got the writing on the wall and God is speaking very, very graphically at this point to King Belshazzar. And at the moment, the king panics. You go to verse seven in Daniel chapter five. The king is like, what do I do here? I know I'll call the wise men, the enchanters, astrologers, the fortune tellers to be brought before him. And he said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of royal honour, will have a gold chain placed around his neck and he will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. 
I'm not sure who the second highest, maybe that was the king's wife and how the system works, but he was offering a good deal. Basically, I'll give you a prize, and a, a, a reward if you can tell me what this means. But it goes on, when all the king's men had come in, none of them could read the writing on the wall or tell him what it meant. So the king grew even more alarmed and his face turned pale. His nobles too were shaken. The king's pale face has got even more pale. His knees are still knocking. The, the wise men are shaken. The party goers are still there watching. There are a thousand people with their drinks half drunk going, what has happened? The wise men can't answer the question the king is asking. What is going on? You see, God is always speaking. And because not everyone can understand what God is saying, we need people to translate on behalf of what God is saying sometimes. A bit like the king here was saying, could someone translate for me what is happening? Could someone explain to me the word of God? And the question I've got for you today and the title of my talk is, are you going to stand in the gap? Who's going to stand in the gap to explain to the world what God is saying? And at this moment in time, the king is saying, will someone come and translate the words on the wall? You see, in time of great uncertainty, people look around them for wisdom. They look around for stability. They look around for someone to stand in the gap and saying, will you stand in the gap? Will you explain to me what I am seeing? I'm confused, I'm concerned, and I just need someone to explain this is what is happening. And that was the same in this story. But the problem is we often try and fix spiritual things with physical sticking plasters. And when you are spiritually broken, when your soul is in pieces, you cannot fix it with a, a, a counselling session. You cannot fix it with a, an app. You cannot fix it with a few more sessions at the gym. You cannot fix it by just trying to do physical, practical things, as a more further education, some classwork, whatever it might be, it will not fix a spiritual problem. And often we are, people in the world are hearing and they're seeing, but they don't understand. And they need someone to stand in the gap and saying, will you help me understand what is going on? And in this story, King Belshazzar could see that God was speaking, physically see it on the wall, but he didn't know how to answer, ask the question. And he was getting a, a lack of response from those around him. No one knew the answer. And the world needs people like you and I, who are followers of Jesus Christ, to stand in the gap. The Bible talks about prophets, and a prophet is someone who Daniel was. Daniel was a prophet. He spoke the word of God. Prophecy is simply speaking out what we believe God is saying. It's standing in the gap and saying, I'm listening to God, and I'm communicating to man, and I stand in the gap. I stand in the gap. And when we're listening and we are speaking, as prophets, we stand in the gap. And are you able to, are you willing to stand in the gap to speak out what you believe God is saying? In times of uncertainty, are you willing to communicate what you believe that God is saying at this time? I had this lovely phone call this week, a lady in the church rang me and she said, Sim, I've, I've got a word for you. Is it okay if I share this prophetic word with you? And she'd been uh, walking down our road and she'd seen we'd had some roadworks taken place in our road and the, the road was upside down. And she really felt God nudge her and say to her, this, these roadworks were a symbol of what is going on in my life at this time and in the life of the church. There's some rebuilding taking place. It was just so encouraging as she just spoke to me and she spoke of what she believed that God was saying. 
And she wasn't trying to make it into something more than it was. She just said, I have felt God speak to me through this thing that I saw and I wanted to share it with you. And I was so grateful that she was able to stand in the gap and to listen to God and to speak out what she believed God was saying. And that's what we're called to do as followers of Christ, to be like Jesus, to stand in the gap between God and man, to be the prophet that hears God and speaks out to man, to be the priest that gets the man and says, look, let me introduce you to God. Priests point people to God. They stand in the gap and they point people to God using the word of God, the Bible, using prayer, using worship, using uh, different means of sacraments and saying that is this incredible God that we worship. Are you willing to stand in the gap? Are you prepared to stand in the gap today? In Ezekiel chapter 22, and Ezekiel was another prophet. He was around the same sort of time as Daniel. He'd be one of his sort of peers uh, about 600 BC. And Ezekiel said these words in Ezekiel chapter 22, a really challenging verse here. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap, in the wall, so I would, wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. I found no one. I looked for someone, someone to stand in the gap, someone to rebuild the walls of righteousness for this land, and I couldn't find anybody. What a terrible thing to say. I, 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 right now, we need people to stand in the gap between God and man, people to rebuild the walls of righteousness in our land, to declare there is a different way of living. And our nation, our nations in the world needs people to stand in the gap and say, I'm willing to be that person. I'm willing to be the go-between. I'm willing to point people to God. I'm willing to listen to God and communicate to his people. I'm willing to be that person that Ezekiel was looking for you. Are you willing to stand in the gap today? Are you willing to take on that challenge? And there's loads more to this story we could talk about, but I want to just point out one extra thing on this story in Daniel chapter five. There comes this moment where King Belshazzar has had his, his a thousand guests are there, where the clever and wise people have come by, the writing is on the wall, the, the drinks are half drunk, you've got the picture, and then suddenly the queen mum appears. And it probably is uh, Queen, uh, King Belshazzar's mum and she turns up to the party. Now, that's never a great moment for any party is it when your mum turns up. You're like, oh, seriously, mum? But this is really an important moment. And I've read this story many times before, but I've just seen something around this moment that I think is really significant for us, both as a church and at this time we're facing. In verse 10, the Queen Mother, it says, heard what was happening. She hurried to the banquet hall. She said to Belshazzar, long live the king. And then she had this lovely line, only your mum could say this, don't be so pale and frightened. I mean, he's really pale, because it's the third time he gets mentioned in Daniel chapter five, how pale he is. And she tells him, I said, don't be so pale, don't be so frightened. There is a man in your kingdom who is within him, the spirit of the holy gods. During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight, understanding and wisdom like that of the gods. Call for Daniel, he carries on, she carries on saying, and he will tell you what the writing means. And I've never noticed before, but I think this is really important. There's this moment where the queen mum, uh, the queen mother turns up and she says, King, 
there's another way of doing this. God has done this before and he can do it again. He used this man, Daniel. How could you forget what happened before? When Nebuchadnezzar was king, he used Daniel all the time. Daniel spoke and he answered dreams and he, he prophesied and he spoke what God was saying. And it needs another generation to remind the younger generation of what God has done before and reminding them that God can do it again. God can do it again. And my word to you today, whatever your story is right now, that God can do it again. Maybe you've experienced God in the past. You haven't heard from him in a while, but God can do it again. God can speak because he's always speaking. God will communicate with you. He's desperate to, to speak to you. He loves you. You're one of his children. God is speaking, but he can do it again. What he's done before, he will do again. But often, this is a sad truth, we forget what's gone on before. We forget our past. We often dismiss and make irrelevant previous generations. But we need the older generations to speak to younger generations and say, God can do it again. He did it in my time and he'll do it again. The queen mother said, don't you remember Daniel? Daniel was probably his 80s at this point. Remember Daniel the prophet? He speaks truth. He speaks like one of the gods. He can help you. How could we possibly forget? And I believe we have a generation of people coming up that we've told them to be self-reliant to be self-managed, be self-focused, self-obsessed and believe that all the answers lie within ourselves. But actually, we need to be looking to those who've gone before. We need to be looking to our forefathers and saying, will you teach us what you've experienced and help us understand that God can do it again? I know that for Lottie and I, uh, one of the things that kind of has kept us going in our Christian faith is experiences we had in our 20s some 20 years ago, when we were young people and we experienced and encountered God's spirit like never before. It was called the Toronto Blessing in the mid 90s. And we spent hours lying on our backs experiencing God and, and the power of his Holy Spirit like, like it was an incredible time. And even now, that sustains me. I look back and I go, I know God has done it before. And I know God has done it again. I can tell you stories of when God moved. I can tell you stories of God moving in power, of lives being transformed and what he did in my own life at that time. And I'm looking back so I can look forward to remind my present self, God can do it again. And sometimes we're so self-reliant, but the answer is not always in the people within us or around us, but it's the God of the people who've gone before us. And sometimes we're too quick to dismiss those who've run before us in this race called following Jesus. Sometimes we're too quick to dismiss those who we think are has-beens, they've had their moment. God is, does not see people that way. He has no grandchildren. God just has children, people he loves, his children. We are all his children, side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and we love him and he loves us and he doesn't see us as different generations. He just sees us as his family, his church, his people. And if you today are desperate to see what God's gonna do for you, maybe stop looking within yourself and start asking questions of those who've gone before you. So when will God do it again? I wanna hear God speak again. I wanna hear God speak to me again. I want God to move in power again. Daniel, this prophet came and he spoke. He spoke to kings over decades. He was a consistent prophet over many generations. We'll learn more about that next week. But he did come to the party and he brought the party nicely to an end. And you can read the rest of that story in Daniel chapter five. I'm not gonna finish it off and do it justice in the time I have available. But Daniel came along 
And let's just say uh, Belshazzar didn't have many days left in him. In fact, within a few hours, there was a different king upon the throne. And Daniel came and translated the word of God on the wall of that party, that great banquet hall. But I just want to say as we finish and bring this together at the end is I want to ask you the question, are you prepared to stand in the gap? Are you willing to stand in the gap between God and man to speak out prophetically what you believe God is saying? To be the priest that points people back to their father, God. And are you willing to believe that God can do it again? That what God has done before over generations and generations and generations, he will do it again. He isn't just a one-time wonder God, a one hit. God will do it again and again. God is speaking and he is desperate to connect to his children. Are you listening? And are you willing to be that mouthpiece, that voice, that person that stands in the gap? Who will challenge the rulers of today? Who will challenge the norms of the day? Who will challenge the expectations of, of today? Who will stand in the gap and speak out on behalf of God? Where are those that will prophesy and sing and speak out the word of God to a hurting, desperate nation full of uncertainty at this time? Are you somebody who will stand in the gap today? God's going to do it again. God can do it again. God will do it again. Let me pray for us and I'm going to hand back to the worship team and I know that they're going to lead us and give, give yourselves a moment just to kind of re receive from God. Say, God, would you do it again? That as I pray and as the worship team lead us in these next few minutes, I just encourage you just to release, to ask God's spirit to be released into your home right now, wherever you are. And let's just say, God, would you do it again? Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you that you are not a silent God, that you are speaking, that you are alive, that you are communicating to your people. You love us. You want to speak well over us. Lord, we're sorry where sometimes we've been so busy. We've been so distracted. We've been so busy doing other things. We haven't given you our full attention. And so, Lord, we say right now, we are willing to stand in the gap between God and man and say, would you do it again? Would you use another generation through the older generation? Would you speak across generations that you would do it again? In your power, Lord, we pray these things. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.